Welcome to the Podcast of Faith. I'm Caitlin and new here. I'm a busy farming mama of four, so you're likely to hear kids or animals or even westerns playing in the background. But I'm here because I love Jesus and Jesus loves me. And because of that, I grew tired of trudging through the muck of life without him and decided to chase after him and what he has for me instead. I'm not a great public speaker, but I've got a purpose here. I can feel that. So instead of running from it, I'm going to run to it and see what God has for me. I don't know a lot, but I've learned a few things, and I'd love to share them with you. Here goes it. Luke 5, verses 17 through 26. One day, while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd, right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves, Who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, We have seen amazing things today. So I start with that story to give a testimony of our last week, and I have my first guest here who um, is also responsible for all the encouragement in starting a podcast uh, between her and my daddy telling me that it needed to be done, which um, could only be the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit was pulling at my Mm. heart, laying it on me. But, um, and she was also responsible for naming this podcast, (laughs) Podcast of Faith. And we have Dallas, my oldest girl. Hey. So we have been at cowboy camp this summer, at Alabama cowboy camp. And, um, I spent, uh, the best part of two weeks there, but I was with Dallas during the preteen camp. And, um, so we'll just jump right into, right into the story. Um, so we have our first lamb show of the season on a Saturday, which was when we were supposed to start camp. So we got to camp just a little late on that Saturday afternoon. And um, 
So the way that camp is set up, you have clinics that you do um, for the full days that you're there. And so our our full our first full day, we jump in and we have arena clinics. And arena clinics is my favorite. What about you? Uh, yes. Yeah, I yeah. Arena is my favorite. Um, but so, but you, we have a ranch rodeo set up on the last night of camp and that's what you're really pulling for you. So you have to qualify to get on a team. Um, you try out with your team, see if you can qualify and, um, but you can only do it the day that you have arena clinics. <clears throat> and so Dallas, her, her group went in and they had arena the first day. So first day means fresh cattle. Um, mm -hmm. But that's okay because we can handle that, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. So we go in and, and we do clinics. And so we, your tryout time is during free time that afternoon. The, your, first, your first part of free time. So we, um, they have, they've made up a little ranch rodeo team out of their herd group. Um, and they go to sign up as the Tough Cowgirls because it's a group of four girls. Um, and you only knew one other girl before that, one that you go to school with. Mm -hmm. um, but the only experience she ever had in the arena was last year at Cowboy Camp. Mm -hmm. um, and the other two, um, I know one did not have any experience in anything. Right. Uh, did Reagan? I know they raised sheep up in North Alabama. But Reagan, Todd, and Rayleigh didn't. Did in Rayleigh, Rayleigh didn't have. Okay. That. So, um, so we go in to to try out. The girls go in, and they're one of the. I can't remember on the lineup where y'all were and trying out. Like how we many had gone before one. you? There had been some before you though. That yeah. had tried out before y'all mm -hmm. and after. I think we were up first in the first session or the first section. I don't think so. But anyway, so they go in. It's broken up into three events. Muggin, Sorton, and Brandon. And because Dallas is so strong <laughs> and she knew a little bit more than about You're what make, she was doing. You're making me blush. <laughs> She's not T-Total experience, but she is the most experienced on her team, I reckon. Toughest. Uh, yeah, definitely tough. <clears throat> I got to give you that. So she goes in, and, and I don't remember exactly at what part in the mugging of the first event when y'all were trying out, but I remember seeing it on her face. Um, she was bulldogging. And I think maybe... Um, that steer might have threw his head or something, and I just remember your wrist getting caught in between the yeah, one of the horns like it, and the rope. It pulled it, and then I just yanked it back, and so that's when you saw so the all in all, her wrist broke in the mugging and trying out to qualify for the ranch radio. But I mean, I got to give her credit. Not one time did she stop during that. Not one time did she give up. She kept pushing through. She bulldogged that steer down. Um, and while her team tied down and got the rope off and so they were the closest ones to getting a qualified time in that event that day. Um, 
they went moved over to the next pen did sorting got a time and went over to the last pen did brandon um they head healed branded got ropes off and, and got a qualified time in that too so but you've got teams qualifying or trying to qualify you know the rest of the week and so on the last night at worship they're going to tell you who made it into the ranch rodeo that's going to start after worship um and all week long we had been babying that wrist because she had broke it and to the point of we were co-band wrapping it and we were you know it would had to put it in a sling um several times each day just because it got a little bit too much um but so it came to the last night um her little friends were so sweet her little camp friends mm -hmm. dallas you can't be hurt you can't be what you know you're our strongest one um and i was like girls girls we, if we got to wrap the mess out of that thing we will yeah. we got to duct tape it we're gonna make <laughs> sure it stays put and and just so that we don't hurt it worse than it already is but we know that that bones heal so um and as long as it was still set in place and it wasn't too bad um we felt fine with that choice so um not one time did dallas ask to go home or you know that's just not mm -hmm. who we are uh -uh. we we at cowboy camp we're here to stay and and do the thing right i love the cowboy camp i don't want to quit and i i just wish it would last forever mm -hmm. i just wish i could stay there forever until eternity mm -hmm. we love cowboy camp so we get to um worship on the last night and mr toby comes up to announce names and tough cowgirls was announced first they were beside themselves they qualified for the ranch rodeo Ooh, yeah. the on foot ranch rodeo so we get through um worship we get to the ranch rodeo and they are sorting goes first then brandon got a time in each one of those um, I was really proud of y'all and the Brandon, and, and y'all stuck to it in the sorting. Um, but got to the mugging, and their team was the first one called in. And so our girl that was heading, um, Lincoln. Yeah, she, so when she threw her loop, he stepped through with his, uh, front left leg. And so, I knew there was going to be some crow hopping going on, um, and it was going to be hard to for her to kind of get up there. So after a few tries, she did. She made it up there. Um, Dallas did, and finally got into a position to where she could just crank his neck and and throw him down. Mm -hmm. And um, but at that point, he had gotten the rope caught in his back leg, um, so he was a little bit tangled up and. Um, little bit irritated that some girls were coming after him to put him on the ground and so at the same moment that she goes to get in position to throw him um another girl grabs the tail and he's kicking with that back leg trying to get that rope off from around it and he starts crow hopping and dallas gets caught underneath and and at that moment you know my mama heart just squeezes and um i finally got to the point of telling this whole story to where i don't um burst into tears but but at that moment 
I knew that that she was broken because she come up and I'd seen Toby, the arena manager, ask like, you know, are you okay? And she just come up screaming, no. And, but it, everything happened so fast, I couldn't, you know, see really what happened, even though I was standing at the panel, you know, right across um, the dirt from her. And so, luckily, some people, you know, and me, we jumped out so fast and, and got her put in the corner and was just trying to assess her and, and see what was going on. And so she had gotten um, stomped in the forehead and in the hand of the broken wrist, um, her right hand that I had just, you know, wrapped the full mess out of, of that wrist and, and hand just trying to, you know, make sure that she wasn't going to get hurt and that she was going to be protected. And, um, so everything that I could do fleshly, you know, take care of her, but still, you know, she's going to do hard things and she's going to do tough things because that's what God's called her to do. And, um, I, as much as I, as a, as a parent, I want to hold her back and protect her and shelter her in those things. I can't. And so we got her in the corner and, um, I mean, her head, it just popped out a huge goose egg and her hand was already starting to swell. And, um, but her pupils looked fine. And, you know, we had a medic friend there who um, had looked her over. My cousin, who was a nurse, you know, we get her um, put on the the medic golf cart and get her down to the camp cafeteria so we can see her under some lights. And her fingers were already discolored. And um, we went ahead and did our best to try and just go ahead and wash off the dirt and... Um, unwrap what we could so that we could um, just make sure that it, it wasn't um, as bad as, as we thought it could be and that we could get her to children's ER um, and not have to stop at another emergency room before then. Um, God had orchestrated it out even though my husband was on shift at the fire station at the time and could not be there with us. Um, and could not come to us, and I know that that had to hurt him a lot, but God had orchestrated it out to where my aunt and uncle had just come up to to be with us in worship and to watch the ranch rodeo and um, drove us to the emergency room. And um, so by the time we made it from camp, um, it's only a, a few miles to the main highway, and by the time we made it to the highway, she had said, Mama, my my vision is blurry in both my eyes. And I had really started to, you know, fear picks up really heavy right then. And um, even though we're closer to the emergency room there than to where we normally live way outside from the city, um, By the time we made it to, it, she was already, um, I could tell that she was already getting um, sleepy. And so by the time we made it about halfway there, it was very hard to keep her awake. And she was mumbling her words and the swelling was moving down from her forehead to her eyes. And 
at this point, I am terrified, and I'm thinking, you know, what is going to face us in this emergency room when we get here in this hospital, and um, I'm just praying, like, Lord, whatever you have for us here in this moment, and, and whatever days to come, like, I accept your will, and I know that it is it is for our good and your glory, and and I'm just walking Dallas through breathing, and you know, what is our breathing in and out? It is Yahweh. It is the name of God, and, and we're calling him right here in this moment, and he's with us, and he's in us, and um, so by the time we make it to the emergency room, she's slurring, um, can't keep her eyes open. Um, she's also like, Mama, my foot hurts. I've never been in this much pain in my whole life, and she has no vision out of her right eye. She says, Mama, it's completely gray. I can't see. And I am going in like guns a-blazing in that emergency room, like, hey, we've got a CHI. We've got a possible broken wrist and hand. I mean, like, when we left that camp, that hand was broke. Those two um, long bones in the hand of digits two and three were broken. And we went into that hospital and, you know, luckily they, they go ahead and take us back and, and they take her vitals and get her a big dose of Tylenol and they take us back to a room and, and two nurses come in and they're like, Mama, can we, um, do we have your permission to give her something stronger? Cause she's going to need it for what we're going to have to do. And like this hand's clearly broken. Um, you know, the swelling has moved from forehead to eyes to her cheeks. And, um, you know, she's not hardly talking. She's stuttering when she's trying to answer questions and we can't keep her awake. And um, so they give her some oxycodone and Motrin. Um, and, you know, the ER doctor comes in and and she's like, uh, what y'all have this little girl out this late for um, doing what? And so I was so thankful that my aunt was there to help um, answer those questions. And, you know, and then at that point she was like, wait a minute, we've got a video and we can show you exactly what happened. And, and so watching that video back, we see that um, that steer's hawk, the back hawk came down on the back of her neck, you know, pushing her into the dirt after he had stomped on her head and, um, and then got her hand. And, and so... You know, the ER doctor's like, hey, let's go ahead and put a neck brace on just as a precaution. Let's go ahead and do a complete CT of her head and neck. We'll x-ray the mess out of this hand and wrist, and we'll go ahead and um, get an x-ray of that foot since she couldn't hardly walk in on it. And um, so we go back. All this happened at 10 o'clock that night. We go back for x-rays. It's after midnight at this point. And... Um, so we did CT x-rays and we come back and, um, you know, all this time in, in the waiting, you know, to see the ER doctor and the waiting to go back to imaging. And my aunt is getting all these texts like, hey, the entire camp is praying for Dallas. The the entire Wranglers, they've all gotten together. They're praying for Dallas. And um, so we get back from CT and x-rays and, we get settled back in the room and my, me and my aunt are looking at her and we're like, 
hey, the uh, the swelling actually doesn't look as bad in her head. And um, at this point, we we found a zoo channel on. It's after one o'clock, you know, in the morning, and um, I'm like, at this point, they haven't said, you know, to try to keep her awake anymore, and it, it's all I can do. And, and by this point too, we're four days camp, four to five days, I don't know, camp tired, and on top of getting stomped on, and um, so I let her go to sleep, and um, after two a.m., this this new doctor comes in, and he's like, you know shaking her poking on her and like hey wake up come on come to and um just ripping her neck brace off and i'm like okay so that was all right you know he's like yeah yeah it's fine and he starts grabbing her hand and sticking his two fingers in her palm and like hey squeeze my hand i was like whoa whoa uh wait a minute there um that's her hurt one you know we need to be careful and he's like no she's fine what She's fine. Everything came back clear. What do you mean? Absolutely nothing is wrong with this girl. She needs no medical attention. She's fine. Take her home. Get her out of here. And I turned to my aunt and I said, that is the fruition of prayers. And at that moment, she could see. At that moment, nothing was broken. And at that moment, she walked out of the hospital when she couldn't hardly walk in. And so we get back um, in the car and my aunt's like, you want me to just take y'all home? And I said, no, I mean, my truck's at camp, everything, you know, all our stuff's at camp. Um, we're going to finish this out because she's absolutely fine and nothing's wrong. And... So we make it back in and, and we sleep on the couch in the living room of the cabin for a couple hours and um, we get back up and it's time to, it's time to clean up, it's time to pack up, it's, she needs a shower. Um, so I help her do all that and get ready and um, she heads on out and is playing gaga ball in the gaga ball pit with all the other kids before breakfast. and. I had, um, as I was changing clothes that morning, I ripped that visitor sticker, that visitor badge off my shirt, and I looked at it in my hand. And I was like, God, I just felt it so strong. I was like, what you meant for us to visit. We were meant to be a visitor there. And we were meant to be a visitor in all that. But it was never your intention for us to stay there. And we left that camp clearly broken. But we came back completely healed. And I told my husband that morning, I said, I feel like the paralyzed man. I felt like we were the paralyzed man on the mat that... In that car ride to the hospital, there was absolutely nothing that I could do for her. Nothing. I couldn't mama any more than I was momming. There was nothing more that I could do for her. I felt like the paralyzed man. I couldn't heal her, but I knew who could. But it was our friend's faith 
that got her healed. And I, I told somebody else, I will shout this to the rooftops as long as I have breath, that I've seen the brokenness, but I've seen what he can do when he heals. And, and it's taken us days, it's taken us all week to do this podcast episode because I felt like there was something else he wanted to show me. And, and he told me this morning that I couldn't, I couldn't just focus on the healing. I needed to focus on the healer. I didn't need to let the healing take away from the healer. And I was listening to this, um, little message this morning and, and it was about, um, being careful what you crown and, and I can let, I can let things jump in the place and I can surely let that healing jump in the place of that. But, um, and you know, our, our camp verse was Exodus fourteen fifteen, and, um, you know, why are you crying out to me? You know, tell the Israelites to get moving. And, and in this message this morning that I was listening to, they said, sometimes the thing that you call on to save you will end up enslaving you. And it's those things that I could let get in the way of the healer. It's those things that I can let displace my focus and that my my faith our faith wouldn't have been seen so they said yeah you'll get a king and he'll fight your battles and if you get the right king he'll drive back your enemies and give you a measure of protection but there's going to be a cost to having a king like the other nations like moses said in deuteronomy the kind of king we need to guide us in god's ways can't be like the surrounding nations and cultures the Israelites wanted to be like the other nations and cultures because they didn't want to be vulnerable. And I think back to what my Bible says here in Luke 5, that, and the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. He has it, and he has it for you. And he wants to use you, and he wants to guide you. God doesn't desire to just be our get-out-of-hell-free card. He wants to protect us and guide us and rain down on us and reign over us, not just so we can be obedient to Him, but so we can have deliverance through that. He wants to show the world He's great through us. And I go back to verse 20 in Luke 5, where He says, Seeing their faith. It had to be present. You know, it had to be out there for everyone to see it. And just like I, I wasn't meant, we weren't meant to be visitors. I, we weren't meant to be, you know, we were intended to stay there, but we were meant to be a visitor there. We were meant to visit that place, to visit that season, to, to visit that, those events. So like verse 26. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, We have seen amazing things today. Because just like 
that paralyzed man on the mat. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And that's what we did. We picked up our mat and we went home. Because he saw the faith of our friends. Because they knew who to turn to. Because they knew who the healer was. They knew who the source was. And it wasn't found in anything else. And it was in going to prayer first. I remember jumping over that panel. And they had already started on the microphone praying over Dallas. Dallas, do you remember um, right after we y'all were playing Gaga Ball, we went to breakfast and we had worship. And do you remember you had just broken into tears, broken out into tears during worship. And you grabbed on to me and you said, Mama, I am so thankful that God used me. And I'm so thankful that he healed me. And I said, yes, you are the vessel that he chosen. He chose because he knew that you could handle it. So tell us a little bit about that. I just felt like God used me to show others a lot of things that they probably wouldn't have known and that if someone didn't know Jesus, that God showed them by me, by using me as a, um, as something to show his glory and light mm -hmm. to the path of heaven and righteousness. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like that he just, I walked into the whole camp from the day that I started. I just was broken and now I just, I walked out good as new because mm -hmm. not even the the wrists that had been broken all week that we were having to wrap and having a sling all week Didn't wasn't even me. well it wasn't even broken when we got back never not since has it been wrapped or in a sling since that since that moment and she's got a little scar on her forehead from print, yeah. I mean, two. one big one and one like, yeah. But you that. know what? I'm like, you know, he gave you that as a reminder to remind you of what he did for you and and did through you. And I don't know. I kind of pray that it, it that scar stays there. <laughs> Me too. It's a battle scar that I can tell to my children. Yeah, I mean, that's what he tells us in scripture is, you know, like setting up an altar here and or, you know, like writing, writing his commands and writing his words, you know, on the doorpost of our house and, and to to repeat them, you know, every morning and every night and so that we can remember.
and so that we can remind ourselves of who he is. God, I thank you for this day. I hope that you will always be with me and I hope that you will always heal me whenever I get hurt. And I just hope that everyone will love you and worship you from what just happened. And I am so thankful for my friends, Faith, and you who healed me, you healer. And I am just touched to have my friends' faith and especially you, God, to heal me whenever I get hurt just like that time. And I'm so glad that you healed my eye, my hand, and my head, Lord. And I just hope that I will just always worship you whenever I see you and whenever you return. And until then, in your holy and precious name, amen. Amen.